Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me this morning is Pamela Donnelly, author and education specialist. Uh, she's written the book SWAT Team Tactics for Getting Your Teen into College, amongst other things. Uh, throughout her college admissions career, Pamela Donnelly has been approached by high-profile celebrities and CEOs looking for a backdoor to get into top universities. Having firsthand experience in Hollywood, seeing the corruption that money can bring, she makes it her mission to offer viable solutions to remedy corruption in higher education, mitigate the nation's $1.6 trillion student debt, increase college accessibility and affordability, and ultimately make the American dream achievable for all students. She became one of the most in-demand private SAT and ACT tutors in L.A. and began developing the curriculum, which would grow to become Gate College System. Donnelly has been featured on CNN, Fox, NBC, New York Times, and Time Magazine. Welcome to the show, Pamela. Nice to have you here. Good morning. Well, we have a hot topic. What can I say? <laughs> Getting your kid into college and, and all this <laughs> scandal. So I so where do we begin? I mean, you're the expert. And when you talk about uh, tactics for getting your teen into college, it we don't want it to sound like the tactics that have been used where people are going to maybe end up going to jail because of some of those tactics. So what are we talking about? Uh, how do, because it, I mean, college gets, I guess, more and more competitive each year. Uh, I'm not sure how that happens, but maybe just in terms of numbers. So um, what it, gate college, the gate college system, what is that? Certainly. So Gate College System is a, a SaaS platform, that's software as a service, and enrollments are now being offered in public school districts across the country. Um, you know, even if you're a parent and you're interested in having your student on the Gate platform, you can reach out to us at gatecollegesystem.com. But, you know, the reason we're in this situation, Catherine, is that after the Common App uh, sort of had its rise about 15 years ago or so, you know, there have been more and more, in fact, a 108% increase in the number of applications going out. It's so much easier because of digital for students to apply to multiple colleges. Right now, uh, eight schools, 12 schools is common. So uh, there is a massive increase in the competition and then a decrease um, in the likelihood of students getting into selective or highly selective schools, right? So parents are looking for strategies. Um, any of us who are moms and dads understand that. We're all looking for an advantage. Uh, you don't have to go to prison to do it, so that's the good news. And, Pamela, also besides that, that obviously is, is uh, as you say, one of the primary reasons you can apply to college digitally, but also doesn't the the people, the, the competition is global, more global now than, say, it was maybe 20 years ago uh, That because you're competing with students from around the world? Uh, Indeed, serious competition. yes. Yeah. International applicants have really driven up the market, and the reason for this is that the U.S. universities are really in an economic crunch. We've had a lot of state disinvestment, for example, in the state school systems and so forth. What that means is that they have to solve their budgeting somehow, and they do that by offering full freight, non-discounted uh, tuition to students coming in, uh, predominantly from Asia, but also elsewhere in the world, and yes, that does things quite significantly. We have a lot of really uh, pushback and uh, dissatisfaction with uh, some local parents. For example, here in California, 
um, you know, a, a really disproportionate number of students coming in internationally at schools like UCLA. Pamela, uh, we're talking about the competition, and it, it's, it's increased, you said, by 108% for a lot of different kinds of reasons. What are some of the other reasons besides, say, that we are, comp- you know, students are competing globally, uh, they can enroll in colleges online, other factors that contribute to this competition? Sure. Um, well, I mean, we're living in a day right now where, for example, if we think about the exams, right, the SAT, the ACT, uh, there is a tremendous amount of anxiety around the high-stakes testing. Uh, we're seeing that states now are, are investing in uh, packages for every student in a state taking the ACT or the SAT in their uh, public schools. Um, as part of, of their experience in those schools. So um, I think that the, the high-stakes testing is an element here. Um, that creates a tremendous amount of anxiety. From the international perspective, those students are having to compete as well. There have been scandals about cheating on those exams internationally for years. So, you know, what's happening here is paralleling, you know, it's the micro and the macro of it all. The, the anxiety is ubiquitous. Everybody is wanting to get into the same, you know, 20 or 25 schools. And, you know, it's musical chairs. There are only so many chairs. But at the same time, people are, parents in particular, are complaining about the high cost of going to some of these prestigious schools, Ivy League schools. Uh, and yet there are so many state universities, good ones, uh, California, New York State, they're not the only ones all over the country. Um, how do those schools fit into to this picture? Well, it's interesting because you might assume that a state school would be less expensive than a private school, but in fact, we see statistically many of the private schools have really strong endowments by their alumni and other benefactors, and what that means is that even though the ticket price at a very prestigious school, uh, like, for example, USC, which we've seen a lot in the news recently, um, actually tends to come down significantly, 20%, 30%, and sometimes 50% or more, uh, with merit-based financial aid. So that institutional aid is on the basis of uh, the things that we cover. You had asked earlier about Gate College System. So um, that stands, it's a G-A-T-E. It stands for Grades, Applications, Testing, and Essays. Those are the, the criteria. Those are the four separate critical areas that a student needs to be able to excel at in order to be able to get into a selective school in order to get the merit-based aid. So when we think about what GATE is doing, it's not just about getting a student in, it's making sure they can afford to stay and persist. Right now, persistence rates, you know, 40% of students who go into college drop out, and the number one reason by far is financial. So we have to solve for the financial gap, uh, the need that many, many students across this country and elsewhere uh, experience as they come into U.S. colleges. So, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, the uh, pressure that the universities feel financially, the pressures that the parents feel, certainly the pressure that our young people feel. Let's not forget these are still teenagers. We're talking about a 17-year-old that feels like they have the weight of the world on their shoulder. Um, I think we need to do better. Uh, It sounds like, uh, from my perspective, um, you know, this is really going to ultimately be a policy issue. Um, We can talk about, you know, the student, the school, the parent. We can talk about the school district, the state. But ultimately, federally, um, you know, we're going to need policies in this country to move the needle in a much more 
um, appropriate and uh, effective way to get the outcomes that we're all hoping to see out of our higher education system. Right now, it's a very broken system. Pamela? I have another question. I'd like to talk about, like, specific cases, like, give examples. I mean, you've been in this business for a long time. Um, Give us some examples of, like, particular problems that, like, when parents come to you, for instance, and and you're able to mitigate some of these issues for them, with them, with their kids. You know, I mean, ethically, um, I would say the most common scenarios are, hey, do you have some tutors that can help me with some test prep? I run a a tutoring agency in Los Angeles called Valley Prep Tutoring. You know, we can help with that. Obviously, we're doing it ethically, but we're we're making sure the student actually understands Algebra 2 and things like that, right? Um, So so the most common things are academic tutoring to keep the GPA strong. Um, Helping students build the right list um, is an ethical thing that you can do. I can sit down with a, a family and help them figure out what are the right schools with the right programs based on the student's areas of interest, geographic, and other considerations. Um, you know, on the unethical side, I have been approached, um, I'll share one anecdote. I had a father who was not from the U.S. Um, who uh, was uh, pretty um, assertive with me in our consultation and just leaned across my desk and said, my daughter does not um, speak English as her first language. She doesn't really understand what you people want. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting phrase. And um, how much for your staff to write her essay for her. And I, you know, let him know that that's not a service we provide, that's not a service that anyone should provide, and that it would be in the best interest of his daughter for her to champion her own voice, um, and that she could have coaching. You know, somebody can, like, encourage her and talk to her about what are the right topics to focus upon and so forth, but ultimately it, it must be the student's voice. And there are students that have been tossed out of, Listen, you can get admitted to a school and then not allowed to show up in the fall if they find out that you falsified any of your documentation of what's been submitted for that admissions process. Yeah, and and I remember when I was in school, I mean, they were doing this to some degree, this kind of corruption, people writing essays for other, like writing the essays, for for instance, getting kids from Ivy League schools to, to write essays for kids getting into college. Those were kind of little businesses on the side. I remember that. But of course, the big thing was that if daddy or I guess mommy could, you know, uh, provide funds for a a building or at least, you know, a room at a major school that that helped you get into, would help you get in. But that's not illegal. The second thing. No, I mean, we we can question, we can have conversations about the ethics about it. But yeah. uh, I, I do think that there's a difference there, right? So the difference in what we're seeing in the scandal is that a few privileged parents decided to further their privilege to I- extend the fact that, um, as uh, you know, former Secretary of Education Arne Duncan said, your student's already on third base and you want to cheat their way home. You know, we've got kids in this country that can't even, you know, find a bat or get up to, get up to the plate, right? So how do we make sure that we keep that more fair, um, you know, we have to, we, we, you know, you get the point. We have to do a better job. 
So what, what, what do you think is, I mean, because you've obviously you've had a lot of experiences with all different kinds of parents. Where does that come from? I was having a discussion with someone. I mean, how is the kid going to feel and how does the parent feel when you know that you've done something like that, that you know you're not qualified? And, you know, how does that really play out once you, let's say you do get into school and you do stay there and maybe even you graduate? But that has a lasting impact on, you know, on on, I think, on your psyche. Yeah, I'm no psychologist, but I mean, certainly I remember a book about the imposter syndrome. I can think about, even as a parent, uh, the message, the last message in the world, Catherine, that I would want to send to my three daughters is, hey, girls, guess what? Your voice doesn't matter. What you think or say doesn't matter. We need somebody else to come in and speak for you because you're in some way deficient or insufficient. It's a, it's a really horrific message. Um, you know, there are students that are being, their uh, offers of um, admittance are being rescinded uh, right now. Universities are under a tremendous amount of pressure. They're reviewing who's gotten in and how they've gotten in. And, you know, you can imagine, you know, there's a lot of damage control right now from their perspective. Uh, from the family perspective, yes, of course, this is damaging. But, um, you know, I, would, I also would mention that a lot of students uh, drop out not only for financial reasons, but... If you get into, listen, if you've got a 2.8 GPA and mom makes sure that you get into a really competitive school, guess what's going to happen by the time you get to November of your freshman year? You're going to have uh, not a great GPA. You're going to be overwhelmed and scared because you can't keep up. Listen, th- these colleges are not, you know, pleasure cruises. These are, it's a very uh, stringent uh, level of expectation of the caliber of writing you have to be able to do, the, the level of math you have to be proficient at. If you're not able to do that, you really need to stay home. This isn't just a prize to be won. This is um, a, an invitation to uh, another uh, challenge and adventure. And if you're not, um, you know, the right person to be there, you need to make sure that seat is available for somebody who's done the work and, and belongs there. I'm curious, what was your own experience in getting into college? Oh, gosh. My story was very non-traditional, but um, I'll t- I-, I appreciate the question because the reason that I have committed myself as founder and CEO of Gate College System is because I myself am a first-generation student. That means that no one in my immediate family, my parents had not graduated college, therefore did not know how to help me get into college. Um, I, directly out of high school, um, ended up um, moving to New York City and having a career on camera. Uh, with ABC TV, I, I, did, I did work that didn't require me to have a college degree um, and then took the money from those um, career choices that I made and invested it at the age of 30, if you can believe that, uh, into my bachelor's degree. I was able to get in Columbia University. Um, I graduated summa cum laude in three years um, from an Ivy League school. And it just that is it so impressive. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes it sad, though, because think about that. If I, I mean, I had the intellectual acumen to be able to have done that at 18, but no one knew how to help me. Nobody in my public, I went 12 years of public school in a little town in Virginia. No one knew how to help me. If Gates had existed in my school district when I was that age, my parents would have had a dashboard to be able to keep track of what I needed to be doing. I would have had a step-by-step process through grades and then applications and then testing and then essays. Everything that, you know, wealthy families get because they can afford it, I would have had for free in my public school. 
that is the vision for GATE. And I think that it's a real disruptor for the way the current system is set up. Yeah, and what's interesting is, and it also provides a lot more, what we were talking about competition way in the beginning of the interview, but now kids can compete. As you say, kids like in your circumstances couldn't before because you had no information either from your parents or the school system, but now these kids do, so you get really smart kids. Uh, from families that perhaps their kids, you know, never went to, their parents never went to school. So it even increases the competition in a good way, like, you know, because you're getting oh, real yes. competition. It, yeah. Well, think about the economy and the human capital. What breaks my heart is every year in this country where students don't have a tool to be able to help them through this process, we lose them by, you know, the hundreds of thousands every year as, as students graduate up and out without a game plan, without a roadmap, without uh, being able to afford to aspire to something that they can feel really good about and congruent with and proud of. So it's, uh, to me, um, you know, an economic issue. Uh, We have a lot of jobs going offshore in this country. We have a prison pipeline for kids who get discouraged and don't find their way. We have a drug crisis for kids who are hopeless. I see these things as as, uh, connected, don't you? Yeah, I do. I think they're very much connected. There's no question. We have a couple minutes left. So what what do we want to leave our audience with? Um, Well, we want Gate College System. They need to know more about that. Sure. Thank you. So uh, listen, our goal right now, and you guys who are listening right now can help me. Please help me. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Please help me help students across this country. We have 15.8 million high school students in America. Our mission at Gate is to level the playing field. That doesn't mean everybody gets in. It means that there's a fair race, a fair shot, and the American dream can come within reach. The way you can help me, I'm looking to make sure that superintendents, chief academic officers, chief technology officers inside of school districts. So if you're in a school district in America and you've got a kid in a school, let them know that you heard about Gate College System. Dot com. You would like to explore this coming into your school for your students. Um, you know, you don't have to pay for this as a consumer product because we're trying to get this out into the schools. But I got to tell you, it is a challenge. Um, we're not selling data. We're not, you know, letting advertisement from colleges. We're really trying to be the good guys, <laughs> trying to fly in with a red cape and save the day here. And it is challenging. It's a big country with a lot of districts. So uh, that's one way uh, that you can help me help students not just your student who's listening, but students across the country who can potentially move the needle for getting America back where it needs to be, which is on top with a, with a robust economic system, with well-qualified students, with the kinds of degrees that they've earned and deserve, and can then use to shift their gift of what they are here to do on this planet out into the world to help others. This ultimately is about... As I always say, um, it's a vehicle, not a destination. College is a vehicle that we can leverage to help students get where they need to go. I'll also mention really quickly, GATE is a a career readiness tool as well. So a lot of content in GATE, if a student is not going into a two-year or a four-year school, tremendous amount of content, great content to help them with the career readiness path. So if a student is going vocational, trade school, military, uh, this this is the kind of tool that um, can give a common vernacular, common language, common uh, understanding of what it takes uh, to build whatever future is right for you. Gatecollegesystem.com. Great. Thanks so much, Pamela, for being on the show today. Uh, 
lots of great advice. Gate College, Gate College system, you can get, obviously go online and get even more information that we've, we've been talking about today. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Mm-hmm. 